Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, welcome back. It's Monday, and we're back in Zechariah as we're going through our study of this wonderful book. Um, verse, uh, excuse me, chapter 9, verse 9 is our verse today. Just one, and that usually means it's pretty important. I'll read, then we'll react to it. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous, and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. (laughs) What's this mean? Well, again, The people were asking the rhetorical question earlier, do we still have to fast and weep? Do we still have to do, you know, this worship that we've been doing for 70 years in Babylon? And God answers through Zechariah, well, what's in your heart? What did you learn? And then it shifts to be more of a hopeful message after that. And as we saw in chapter 8, Verse 8, and they shall be my people and I will be their God in faithfulness and in righteousness. So God is going to tell them he's going to turn all these um, rituals of weeping and fasting. He's going to turn all this into feasting. And as it says in chapter 8, In the fast of the fourth month, and the fast of the fifth, and the fast of the seventh, and the fast of the tenth shall be to the house of Judah seasons of joy and gladness and cheerful feasts. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. So he's saying he's going to turn all this weeping and woeing and moaning into feasting and joyful celebration. And so as it goes down, he's he's going to talk about There's going to be a coming king who's going to bring justice and peace and righteousness 
There's only one person that can do this. This is Jesus Christ. That's the only way peace on earth will be reestablished. And as we say in verse 9, rejoice greatly and shout aloud. And he's talking to the daughters of Zion and Jerusalem. He's talking to the children. He's talking to the offspring. It's time to rejoice. And it's time to shout. Because this king is coming. It's coming to you. It's your king coming to you. It is a very personal king. And again, he is fulfilling this righteousness, this promise of righteousness. He's going to be promising, he's going to be fulfilling righteousness and salvation to you. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, the interesting thing about this is, is that Zechariah is giving the the people back in the Old Testament the entire prophecy that surrounds Jesus Christ. He tells them that they shall be my people and I will be their God in faithfulness and in righteousness, in truth, in peace. But remember, when Jesus came, He told them he didn't come to bring peace on earth. He came to bring the sword. So in other words, Jesus has got several roles here. And the first time he's coming, he is more or less, he's bringing division among men. He is bringing peace on earth. But that part of the Old Testament prophecy is the completion of Jesus' work. So, Jesus is coming to bringing a way, a way to eternal life, which means giving up the current life, giving up the life of sin and the bondage of sin and the hopelessness of this life and to share in Jesus' death and share in Jesus' resurrection into a new life. And a new salvation and new righteousness. And we share Jesus' salvation and Jesus' righteousness when we share His death. And then when Jesus returns to this earth, he will come in his power and glory and uh, ultimately restore his kingdom. His kingdom will ultimately be restored. And so this prophecy is for us today, too. This is a partially fulfilled prophecy because as McGee points out, Jesus hasn't yet come back and restored his kingdom on earth yet. 
And so the people would have seen him riding on the donkey, but they didn't understand the gospel message. And so I think, you know, when you you look at this, many of them might have been disillusioned because they were completely, they were always testing Jesus to say, okay, so where's the peace on earth? So where's the salvation? You're here, but the prophecy that we're depending on in Zechariah is talking about this king who's coming in, who's bringing salvation for us, but yet we don't feel saved. You're just sitting on a donkey trying to make yourself out to be the king, but the king we're going to be waiting for is going to be coming in riding on a donkey, bringing in the salvation. And they were thinking of salvation as an earthly salvation. You know, like a military leader getting the Romans out of Israel. But God's word was talking about a spiritual salvation, a heavenly salvation. And that's why the people didn't understand him. So this this prophecy is referred to back, we see it in the book of Matthew, chapter 21. Say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. So he's talking about Jesus' triumphal entry. And McGee says, well, you know, that's probably not a triumphal entry compared to a lot of other kings. You know, a triumphal entry of a king in in Rome lasted three days and had a bunch of horses and a bunch of chariots. So he said that was probably mislabeled mislabeled in, in the Bibles a little bit. I mean, it is his triumphal entry, but... Jesus really didn't claim any triumph. He was humble on the donkey, and any miracles he did, like McGee said, he kept them hush-hush, and he avoided the big crowds to draw attention to himself. So it wasn't this big thing where he was drawing a bunch of attention to himself. It was a humble entry into the city in those regards. Then, you know, it's quoted again in John chapter 12, verse 15. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. And then it says, interestingly enough, in verse 16, his disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. So they remembered him, but some of these things were fulfilled and some of them weren't. And many of the things, as McGee's saying in Zechariah, talking about the salvation that he's bringing, probably hadn't happened yet. That was probably referring to um, when he comes his second time. So we see this uh, this picture of Christ 
um, in humility, coming in on a donkey, um, a prophecy that Zechariah gives, but also a prophecy that this king is coming in worthy of great celebration. These daughters of Zion and daughters of Jerusalem. In other words, these people way on down the road. And these could be people way on down the road from us too. Because one day this king will also return for us as he reestablishes his kingdom here on earth. What celebration that will be. Because when he does, many of the people will have been raised from the dead. Many of these people would be brought back in their spiritual souls that were with Christ in heaven to be reunited (coughs) with their physical self on earth. Righteousness in having salvation. Humble, mounted on a donkey. This scripture is linking what will happen to who Jesus was as he came in into Jerusalem. And um, so we'll stop here and continue our study of this book of Zechariah tomorrow. So for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, yeah, it's great. It's great to, to hear from you and to go through this with you. So we'll see what you have to say today. God bless you all. We'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Zechariah 9, verse 9. And scripture reads, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout out, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just in having victory or salvation, as other translations would read. Lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the fall of a donkey. So, if we go to Matthew 21, and I'll read at verse 1, and it reads, Now, when they drew near Jesus, they drew near Jerusalem and came to um, Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus said to, sent two disciples saying to them, go into the opposite village, um, go into the opposite, go into the village opposite you, sorry, and immediately you will find a donkey tied to a colt um, with, a, with her. Loose them and bring them to me, and if anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. So all the gospel writers refer um, who actually refer to the triumphal entry um, of the Lord Jesus Christ 
they have made some you know for for lack of a better term omissions right so john instead of uh saying rejoice you know like as it was stated rejoice greatly o daughter of zion um john doesn't say this he says fear so um the gospel of john he makes um running commentary so <clears throat> we have here matthew which says tell the daughter of zion and leaves out the word rejoice O greatly daughter of zion and matthew also leaves out he is just and having victory or um in other translations um, deliverance so matthew left out these two statements not by omission because when he was writing um the gospel he was writing it with the guidance of the holy spirit so the triumphal entry christ never actually intended to be uh for it to be called you know the triumphal entry so it marks um a crisis in his life it marks a change in tactics so before he had entered you know the city quietly and he had kept like a low-key life and he always withdrew from crowds not um you know not courting attention and here he actually now requires attention as for one brief moment so the nation must consider him jerusalem um you know was stirred when he came into the city so despite you know this change in his tactics that's pushing himself into the that spotlight into a light he was meek um and matthew actually quotes this if we go to matthew 21 verse 1 which reads um now when they drew near jerusalem and came into bethphage at the mount of olives then jesus went sent two disciples saying to them go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey and a colt with her loose them and bring them to me and if anyone says anything to you you shall say the lord has need for t- of them and immediately he will send them all this was done and all this was done that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken uh, by the prophet saying tell the daughter of zion behold your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on uh, an ass or on a donkey a colt and fall uh yeah fall um of a donkey so um we have here um matthew he um he doesn't say rejoice um and shout o daughter of zion and he he also leaves out um you know just and having salvation or victory so matthew um 12 verse 5 which i just read sorry 21 verse 5 uh, reads tell the daughter of zion behold your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey a colt and fall of a donkey so he states um that he is lowly uh, that fact is actually put there he's lowly and meek and is sitting on a donkey 
but it's not the donkey that actually makes um, him meek as you know <clears throat> it is assumed by a lot of people even I assume that um, that the donkey denotes meekness now the donkey was the animal that kings actually rode on so the horse um, according to scripture is the animal of warfare um, it's used in scripture and the donkey is the animal that kings rode on that were at peace or seeking peace and it was a royal animal and we have this actually mentioned if you turn to the book of judges 10 judges 10 um judges 10 3 and 4 it reads um after him rode uh jer uh, uh, gileadite and he judged Israel 22 years. Now he had 30 sons who rode on 30 donkeys. They also had 30 towns which were called Havot-Jer to this day, which are in the land of Gilead. So we also have this in, if we turn to Judges 12, verse 13, and it reads... Um, after him, Abdon, the son of Hillel, the Pyrathonite, judged Israel. So he had 40 sons and 30 grandsons who rode on 70 young donkeys. He judged Israel 80 years. Okay, so here, the judges actually provided donkeys for their sons to ride on. So the thought of Zechariah here is... He is riding, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ is riding as a king, um, denoting peace, and he is still meek and lowly. So his character was meek and lowly. It's not the fact that he was riding a donkey that made him meek and lowly now. So another thing to actually note here is the Lord Jesus Christ um, actually came into the city three times. So you made a threefold triumphal entry. So... He came in three times in um in triumphant entry. So the first was on the Sabbath day, that was a Saturday, when he made his entry and um you know he came in as a king. So Mark eleven eleven reads um and Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple, so when he had looked around at all the things as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. So that was um, his first entry, his first triumphal entry. So he just looked around. You know, the money changers were not around as it was a Sabbath day. And that very action, you know, he didn't say anything, was a rejection. And then the second time... Um, it was on Palm Sunday. So the first time was on Palm Saturday, was on the Sabbath, and the second time was on Palm Sunday. So the first day of the week. So he came in, and the money changers were in the temple, and he cleansed the temple at the time he, um, you know, you know, threw over the the um, the money changers' desks and you know all the businesses that they were conducting. So he cleansed the temple. He cleansed. Um, 
He cleansed it as a priest. And we have this recorded in Matthew 21, verse 12, which reads, um, Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who brought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. So he cleansed the temple. And this is um, the only action that he ever performed as a priest when he was here on earth. Um, in Hebrews 8 verse 4 um, states that, just in Hebrews, was it? Yeah, it was actually Hebrews. So, um, okay, if I can quickly find from Hebrews. Um, kind of lost my bookmark here. Okay, um, so yeah, uh, okay, let's look for Hebrews, yep, there we go. So Hebrews 8 verse 4 states that, um, it states that for he, for if he were on earth, he would not be a priest since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law. So he was not here as a priest. It states that he was never on earth when he was never a priest when he was here on earth, except for this one time that's recorded here when he um, cleansed the temple. So the third triumphal entry, he came back on Monday and on his way, he cursed the fig tree. And, um, yeah, he cursed the fig tree. And we have this in the book of Mark. And that's Mark 11, verse 12, um, which reads, Mark 11, verse 12, goes on and reads, Now, the next day, when he had come out of Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing them afar, a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps it would he would find something on it when he came on it he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season for figs and we have in matthew 21 verse 23 which goes on to read now when he came into the temple the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and he said Oh, and they actually said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you the authority? But Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. So, um... Here we see the Lord Jesus Christ came on the third day as God's prophet because he was teaching. He was speaking for God and he was the voice of God. So he was not making an entry here, um, you know, as popular teaching would go. He was not making a, a triumphant entry, but he was making a triumphant exit. So he was making like a round trip, yeah. So he was arranging to the... Um, 
you know, he, he wasn't arranging to, to actually buy a residence up in Jerusalem and reign as the king. He um, sent them in his uh, disciples. He sent them into, into Jerusalem to actually arrange a place for the Passover, their Passover. So he was getting ready to become, he wasn't getting ready to actually become the king, but he was to, um, he was actually entering uh having a uh, preparing for a triumphant exit to prepare for his exit for um you know he was preparing for his passion for his death so his um trial you know this trial here of triumph of triumph cannot actually just be confined to his ride um by a donkey from Bethany to Jerusalem as this is um, only a minor segment of a trip you know or to look at it wholly that's just a minor segment of the truth that actually began um, in eternity past when he was the lamb of um, the Lord that was actually slain before the foundation of the world and it actually extends into um, eternity into the eternal future so if we look at Isaiah um, 57 verse 15 agrees um, for thus says the Lord for thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity who whose holy name I dwell in the high and holy place with him who is who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones and we have in psalms um, psalms 92 reads okay let's turn to book of psalms oops um So Psalms 92 also goes on to read, um, there we go. Um, it's good to give thanks to the Lord and sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night on an instrument of ten strings on, um, on the lute and on the harp with the harmonious sound um so here it talks about you know the lord jesus christ who is from everlasting to everlasting because um you know he was there you know in eternity past and he is there in um in uh, eternity um he is there in in the eternity future so he is from everlasting to everlasting so that is from vanishing point to the vanishing point <clears throat> he is god so his entry into jerusalem was a triumphant exit if we look at it fully and wholly so he moved by you know it wasn't an accident he moved by a prearranged program so it wasn't um accidental it was on schedule his move into Jerusalem. Yeah, so this is the famous 
Zechariah 9, 9 uh, about God's triumphant entry into the city of Jerusalem. So yeah, thank you all for listening and God bless you and have a pleasant day. Bye.